Welcome to our podcast, Revival in Jesus' Way. Disciple making is Jesus' way to change the world. This is the one mission that his people should focus on. There is only one way, his way, to create lasting transformation. And God is calling his church to wake up. I'm your host, Tim Cahill. And I am Yian Xu. You're listening to episode 7, There Are No Stages in Spiritual Growth. In our first series called Church Clichés, and Church Clichés are the lies which stop churches to make disciples. And I, I want to talk about why we want to kind of attack these clichés in general, why we take so much time to, to um, go against these and try to break these down. And the main reason is because discipleship is so vital to um, the church, to um, the church's impact on society, to real change happening through the church like it's meant to. We uh, can't help but think and pray for and and look at the situations with Breonna Taylor and um, George Floyd recently and others who have been uh, victims of violence by certain police officers and just see the way that the injustice there can uh, crush so many people's hearts. You know, there's people all over the country um, in these different riots and things and who, who it seems like just they don't see any other choice but to do these things and not here supporting or talking against it necessarily. But you can see the, the depth of the pain from those things of injustice happening and people not kind of doing their work in a way that is just and right. Um, and that what we think in a big way, the, the reason why some of these things happen, like wh- one thing that came to mind, at least when I was thinking about this is, you know, these four police officers, like likely, very likely in America, like probably at least some of them are uh, at least Christians in name. You know, they're, they're, they could probably go attend a church somewhere. They um, would claim to be a Christian if you walked up to them and asked them if they were. Um, and it also reminded me something when I read um, Frederick Douglass's uh, autobiography some time ago. Um, and there was this reverend he talked about who he was seemed very kind, he was very passionate. He was actually in this revival. Uh, he would do revival meetings. But then he treated his slaves worse than he said any of these other slave owners. And amazingly, this is coming from Frederick Douglass, who did become a Christian later on. He had escaped from the slave trade. He was a free man, um, became a free man. Um, and he noticed this. And um, the thing about discipleship is discipleship is the difference between this kind of nominal, like not really taking Christianity into your life and then or making it a reality in your life. Um, and then someone on the other side that I thought about was William Wilberforce. And amazingly, this was a guy who was discipled. He was mentored by John Newton. At least we can say he had a habit of reading the Bible daily. Um, Eric Metaxas reports in his book, Seven Men, that um, he memorized all of Psalm 119, and this was a regular habit of memorizing scripture. He was part of this clam uh, circle, which is this group of Christians that were just passionate about encouraging one another, stirring each other up to pursue God. And then William Wilberforce didn't leave his job to go into the ministry. Actually, he had an even bigger view of what God was doing. He pursued God, pursued kind of sharing the gospel, living the 
Christ-centered life, but then also stayed in his career field and really made a difference by pursuing what God's heart was there and pursuing the end of the slave trade. Um, one of our favorite preachers talks about something that he saw in his years of really helping people to go deep in God's word. And he talked about when you see about 5% of people that are really serious about their faith in a workplace, it begins to change the culture. It changes the way people act. It changes, people are kind of shocked by this holiness of um, people really pursuing God, wanting to see God's way done in this career area, seeing others as God sees them with value and dignity. And that's what happened in uh, Acts 2, actually. The, mm-hmm. At first, the church fellowship in Jerusalem, that those people around them um, see their different examples and want to join them. And it says that uh, God adds to their numbers, adds to the new comforts every day to their fellowship. Mm-hmm. And at that time, it was people from all different races and people from all different from different genders and things like that, breaking these lines. Because people, when they were connected to the passion of Jesus, when of, of who Jesus was, when they're connected to who God was, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they were really pursuing God's purpose in the world for making disciples and really seeing God's heart done in people's lives, those things just blurred out because the important things were really important. Now, you know, there's so many Christians nowadays and our country and in other countries that don't really keep the important things important. So that's part of uh, the passion, the reason why we want to do this. And these stages, um, what they give us. In church time, um, actually very few people really left their work field. Mm. Uh, It just, it it doesn't make sense that um, actually most of people other than people like Peter and, well, Paul even worked. So when we talk about disciple making, um, that's why we never say like, hey, hey, we're missionaries, and then we we uh, teach. Um, well, we're missionaries, and we try to uh, influence other church leaders um, to have disciple making. That's part of it, but we try to influence all the Christians, um, his church actually, mm-hmm. uh, all the born again Christians to begin disciple making or to begin to be discipled. Um, because it's just for everybody, every Christian in every other, uh, in, in every uh, work field. Mm. And that's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. And the only way we get there, like if, you, if you're listening to this, you, and if you've ever heard about discipling the world, you know, the Great Commission, this isn't something you can just run at without making some smaller goals, um, at least mentally making these smaller goals and trying to achieve something that's in front of you and then achieve the next step and achieve the next step. So when we're talking about stages, we're talking about getting people from the beginning of kind of coming into a relationship with Christ to becoming Christ-like. And we're talking about taking some smaller goals as we get there that are achievable, both for the person who's discipling so they can see in front of them and then along the way. So today we're going to discuss three parts of this topic. First is three reasons that people prone to believe this cliche. Mm-hmm. The second is a biblical and logical or rational evidence for the existence of growth stages. And the last part, we, we're going to just offer some examples of the practical models to decide different stages. Yeah, so some of the reasons why 
at least when I've heard this kind of the cliche or the kind of strong hesitation towards putting stages into a growth plan, you usually meet a few different things. One is this idea that that's prideful. Um, and so it, once I say, oh, I'm, I'm more mature than you, mm-hmm. and that means I'm better than you, mm-hmm. uh, it can be read as like, I'm, I'm better than you. I am more worthy than you, maybe. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So there's this issue of equality well, that comes in. Holier than thou. <laughs> mm. Equality or holier than thou is a lighter form of it. But then even there's this idea of equality. There's sometimes we see people really get like heated or angry about this issue, where that you know, like no, there's not stages. You know, it's on assembly line. The Christian life. You know, you're trying to break it down and take something holy and good and make it into this, you know, casual kind of thing, and you're trying to say that, you know, some people are better than other people, um, and there's, it starts with, there's this kind of, I think, wrong view of what equality is, you know, because God views us all with dignity because we're created in his image. Actually, what you can say, because God is a perfect being, right, talking about, going a little into, you know, maybe a more philosophical kind of discussion, but you know, God is a perfect being and he loves, you know, without bounds. And so when his love is on us, when he sent his son Jesus to die for us on the cross, you know, before we were, while we were still sinners even, he loved us completely at that time. So much he's willing to die for us on the cross. So it doesn't, you know, a spiritual growth stage, it being more mature or less mature doesn't affect God's love for us. It doesn't make even a bit of difference in how much he loves us. So um, kind of this is a misplaced thing, thinking that it affects us in this equality way. And I think we've covered, as far as the pride angle, pretty well before, that pride is not, we have to, like the way to fight humility, or the way to fight pride, is not through false humility, but it's through real humility. And real humility actually has to take stock of the good things. So you have to take a a complete stock of yourself to show real humility because on one side is this kind of depredation or like, you know, putting yourself down, like rubbing your nose in the dirt for no reason is one extreme on one side. And then the other side is pride where you just highlight yourself and you forget all of the bad things. But so you have to be balanced. You can't you can't fall over on either side. You need to look at the good and look honestly at the good and look at the bad, honestly. So and then. there's this idea that uh, logic and faith are not compatible that comes into this area. And it's, I think it comes in this area even more than other ones. I think this adds to, you see the kind of the heated nature people sometimes get when you start to really talk about stages because you're taking it to another logical level. You know, saying that there's an end goal, that the Christian life has, has somewhere where you're going, already will upset people because you're starting to put parameters and things on then there's this line that people don't want you to cross because when you define the goal it's things begin to get clear Mm. and then when you define okay go and then there is a process the process is also not fuzzy Mm. it has those stages then Mm. it make it even uh clearer Mm, exactly and all those you need to Mm. Yeah, and people. So people will say um, they'll they'll take the the verse from Samuel and say, 
you know, God's thoughts are not our thoughts. A lot of times that's the verse you'll hear brought into the situation. And um, just talking about some of the history of this, because there is history to this logic and faith separation. Part of it goes all the way back to like the Enlightenment. And when there were this beginning of people who were agnostic or deist or just variants moving away from the typical Christian Catholic culture at the time, um, and they, they were moving away from the, the culture, moving away from Christianity. They would make these logical arguments, um, like that miracles couldn't happen because of the laws of nature and things like that. And some people would respond with these deep responses, like uh, William Paley is an example of someone who really gave like convincing account of the, histor- the historicity of the resurrection of um, God's attributes and things like that, really talking about how you can see them from nature. And he gave a good response, but there was another side that would begin to say this, like, well, God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Stop trying to explain faith in such a you know, logical way. And almost this fear response of pushing it away that's kind of, I think, made its way all the way to today. And it's made up part of, of this. Um, it's understandable why people use that. One is the fear, and also maybe one one is like a laziness because mm-hmm. you can use this to dismiss everything. Mm-hmm. Whatever thing you you see from a science magazine or anything, things contradicting with Christianity, you just say that. Like, mm-hmm. uh, basically means like, okay, don't use your human mind. You don't understand God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, right? Yeah, and we talked before about the this busyness cliche too and so a lot of times we part of it is yeah kind of a laziness a mental laziness like nobody wants to think about math or those things like there's a reason why kids fall asleep in school is it's hard to think and so yeah there is a reality that people just kind of don't want to have to think and then the other side is people are afraid like if you start to open that up then they'll lose their faith like their faith is like hangs on the hinges of not exploring those thoughts too much because it feels like it feels like they might have a point. Yeah, but faith does not build on not thinking. Mm, exactly. It's not It's not about not thinking. I mean, even we had discussed about the resurrection, and the resurrection and Jesus' death on the cross for our sins is central. Like our faith, Paul said our fa- in 1 Corinthians 15, our faith is meaningless. He said it's completely meaningless if Jesus didn't really die on the cross. And so... That's a historical event. That's something that happened in history. And if it didn't happen, then our faith is meaningless. So being able to give, and then God has given evidence, like pretty good evidence to actually, we can look back at with the empty tomb, with the way that the disciples were willing to suffer and die uh, for the sake of uh, what they really believe were appearances of Jesus risen from the dead. Like things like that, we have good evidence that we can look back on and say, hey, this is something more happened than them just lying about it. Something more happened than um, this being just a tale people made up or something people passionately wanted to uh, change people's minds or something like that. They really believe this happened. And so what does this mean? And so like that that's real evidence that God gave. Mm-hmm. actually for this faith and our faith is tied to it so like logic and faith are not incompatible so we covered the first reason is equality equality actually is the misunderstanding the modern interpretation of equality mm-hmm. uh, which is different from the biblical one and the second one is faith and reasoning mm-hmm. and the third reason actually is because people have very little 
or even no experience of growing from one stage to another mm. by themselves. Mm, and right. this is pretty much uh, self-explain itself um, be because out of all those cliches we uh, talked about, uh, as long as church holds some of those cliches, then disciple making wouldn't be very much prevail in this church. Mm. So it's hard to find people to disciple. It's just as hard to find uh, people to disciple you. So so people sometimes people can go to church for twenty years and don't have too much growth. So mm. so you know you don't experience that. You don't see. Uh, spiritual parents uh, follow them up and from one stage to the other so i mean no experience of course yeah exactly and so regardless of the fact that this cliche is is commonly presented when we talk about stages and really discipleship being able to be broken up and really being able to be pursued um they, there is good biblical evidence for taking christian growth and breaking it up into different stages and some places that i thought of as we've been talking this weekend and thinking through these things are one that was shared with me at the very early in my faith journey actually by james when he led me to christ this is one of the first things we kind of looked at because we looked at first john and studied it together first john chapter 2 verses 12 through 14 he said i'm writing to you dear children because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name i'm writing to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. And then he goes on and says, I'm writing to you, dear children, because you know the father, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning, young men, because you are strong. The word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. So there's, in John's letter, there's this breaking up of these children in the faith, young men in the faith, and these fathers, people who are kind of the older elders who have been in the faith for a while. And there's these specific characteristics, like having overcome the evil one, beginning to have the word of God living in them. These are some of these kind of, in a way, abstract, but things that, that John expects at these different spiritual levels as people are progressing in the church. Um, another verse that stands out on this topic is in Hebrews chapter 6 and chapter 5. Chapter 6, he says, Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works of faith towards God and instruction about washings and laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. So he mentions these specific things that are kind of in the foundation where, because he says not laying a foundation of these things again, and so there's an expectation that these things are that were laid with all of these people that the author of Hebrews is writing to. And he says, let's not go back to that, but let's go on to maturity. And then Hebrews chapter 5, he describes that maturity a little bit even more so. He says, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child, but solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So there's this being able to handle the word of righteousness is something that someone who's older in the faith, who's become more mature, it's an, an aspect that they will have in them. Um, and then you, it's an expectation that you will learn to handle the word, to be able to use the word as you grow up, as you go from having milk 
to solid food. Yeah, and we talk when we talk about solid food, actually, it means like adults like us. It's not just uh, uh, it, uh, the substance change. Okay, I drink milk and I eat solid food. Mm. But gradually, um, when you when you're younger, maybe you buy those food and you get that from other people, but it's solid food. Mm. And then gradually, you learn to cook. Yeah. And then you cook for yourself and you cook for others. You know. Mm. So so it's like it's like this the progressive way. It just of course it doesn't say it there. And the reference is um, Hebrews six one to two, and mm. then Hebrews five. From 13 to 14. And then um, one verse that we've mentioned before that kind of gives um, some credence to this too is 2 Corinthians 3.18 where Paul says, We all with an unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. So there's this idea that Paul is talking about here that we go from one glory to another glory to another glory as we move towards becoming like Christ. Now we're going to our third part, uh, which is to give you some some practical examples uh, to see how we uh, chop up the whole process into different stages and how we decide what to do in different stages. But this is not an episode to can introduce you to a whole system. Again, we talk about before if uh, if you have never been discipled before uh, for a long term um, pretty systematically we pray that God will just send the right person to disciple you because discipleship is really learned from a real person from a, mm. a mature Christian so but here we want to show you kind of the method how uh, we de- decide different uh, stages and uh, in our real helping people practice. So uh, we will mainly introduce our uh, our own systems, uh, but there are also other good resources that you can refer to. Uh, one is called the website coachthebible.com. Uh, it was made by Tim's life coach, Dennis Belevens, and he divided uh, the process into six stages. And also you can refer to WDA, Worldwide Discipleship Association and our friend uh, works for there. We have several friends work for there. And their website is called disciplebuilding.org. They divided the process into uh, five phases. And now we're going to introduce our own model. And uh, we we have eight stages and we have more. I think it's mainly we try to uh, we actually uh, d- divided three stages. The first three stages are all um, are non-believers. Mm. That, but, pre-evangelism. Yeah, it's pre-evangelism, but we see it's uh, it's different because we uh, the first one is called uh, hostile to gospel. So people who completely do not want to hear, they wouldn't hear uh, your gospel presentation or conversation, or they what. Of course, they wouldn't sit down to have a Bible study with you. And the second stage is neutral to gospel. And the third one is called interested seekers. Uh, We want to divide them up because uh, you need to use completely different strategies towards them. So after that, stage four is we call new Christian. And some 
someone would also divide that that up to like uh, Christian infant and then Christian child, but we just all put that together. And then stage five is called basic disciple. After that is disciple maker. And then it's discipler maker. So the diff it's different. Disciple maker is as long as you disciple someone, you are disciple maker. And discipler maker is you help you disciple. Uh, it's the one the ones you are discipling are already discipling others. So you basically become uh, spiritual grandparents. And then fast the last stage is called discipler maker leader. So they are more like um, how do I say? They have at least three or four generations of disciples that from them, and it it, it really takes years of effort. But then they probably um, many of them will um, produce their own material, have pretty stable their own ministry and. Uh, things like that, and we really think that only the last the one or two stages that people uh, no, after people reach the last one or two stages, they then they should should consider about those uh, more full time role in ministry and consider about uh, leadership. So like seminary, uh, over, especially overseas um, uh, missionary work. Uh, church leadership, uh, but oftentimes, unfortunately, people cannot people cannot wait. Uh, while church cannot wait, cannot have cannot have the patience to to wait. But we really think once people get the leadership role er, earlier than that, oftentimes it's like it, it curb their further growth. So since this is a, a journey. See someone from a non-believer into a new Christian to a basic disciple and disciple maker and discipler maker. You know, uh, since it's a journey, uh, we all know, like we, we all call someone who, like what, like uh, left to the face is like a backslider. So actually, people have the concept that it's a journey and people can move forward, move forward quickly and or slow down or even stop or even can fall back. Mm-hmm. And that's what actually uh, in the in the New Testament it always says that you know like like Paul says he has a goal and he make every effort to move forward you know and also in um, one example is in Philippians two sixteen and Paul says as you hold firmly to the word of life and then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ. That I did not wrong or labor in vain. So the here you are the people he discipled, right? So as they hold firmly to God's word in their daily practice, and they can stand firm in front of God when they go to see God, and then he can say, "Oh, I didn't wrong in vain or labor in vain." So it means like he could wrong or labor in vain. Mm-mm. There's a way to run or move uh, in the Christian life without really being to the purpose, actually. That you can put in a lot of effort, but then you're not really reaching the goal. Mm -hmm. And also like uh, Hebrews 13, 17 says, it's a similar one. It all has the concept that it's like 
how do I say it's like someone take their product, you know, to to see the master, to see the boss. Like, hey, uh, is 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 this good enough? Is is this um um path, you know, something like that. Mm. Um, because you know the the quality need to be checked, right? So it says have have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because. They keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. So, what does this, uh, what, uh, what does it say here? Um, it, it, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of like it talk about, like, hey, I, I beg you, you grow. Because your disciples invest in you and try to help you and put put their、uh, labor work in you, so don't make them upset when they、uh, when they need to kind of when they need to report to the master about your quality. And then if your quality is not good, it says it's also of no benefit to you、mm-hmm. uh, because your life growth is not good. But they also To them, it's、uh, will be a burden because they they know uh well it's not that good. But then when they report, they have to report everything, right? So that's um. So because this is not a how to episode, uh, we want to give an example. So uh, we we will choose the example from. We will focus on talk about on how we um. Help people from new Christians to、uh, basic disciple. So again, we we talk about、uh, because there are different systems that people do in different way. But we really we really see it's like a, it's different practice. But then because the beginning and the end goal in our last ep not last the episode talk about the end goal. You know, it's the same. It's the calling like to be holy. To be like God, to be to be like Christ, and to be holy. So really,、um, if if we both have the biblical goal and the right beginning, then、uh, it's it's、um, to be to be honest, the, the what I say the the process or the lens is is the same,、mm. right? So the only difference is how how much you chop it up.、Mm. You can chop it up three, like for us is. Uh, eight and、uh, someone else is five or six. It's okay.、Um, and also,、um, it's like the verses we read. Like you will be the person, like literally report in front of God,、mm. right? You maybe for someone is you report of God is like you report to God is like oh, in my whole life, you know, I I have never shared gospel and I have n- never be spiritual parents, you know. Ah,、uh, so it's really up up to you. It's not to give you a formula, but just to make sure that we we will um、uh, speak out our account in front of God.、Mm-hmm. So、uh, we will um we will discuss from uh the stage of new Christians to basic disciple. So let's see um what do we think are the signs. Uh, that we should see on a new Christian. I want to quote verses Hebrews six one to two. 
And it says, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from that work, that works and of faith towards God, and of instruction about washings, the laying on on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. So I mean. Well, I mean, this verse really is, this two verses really try to urge people to, hey, those things are basic. You should go on to maturity. But then this verse actually also lists out those, what are the basic foundations. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like to quote this verse. Mm-hmm. So according to those, the, the signs of new Christians is not just only like uh, maybe get baptized and someone maybe even have the infant baptism and all those things. Uh, someone get baptized, they uh, they might they might be born again, or might maybe not. So we we don't know yet. But if we have, but if someone showed all those, uh, how do I say, uh, those signs, them them. Uh, they should be in the new Christians category. That's our understanding. So first one, we think um, they should have some understanding. Mm. So like say the understanding of God's existence, uh, the gospel, God's salvation, and uh, God's salvation through Christ, and also personally understand they sin against God. Mm. So here, like there can be different tests like. Um, See, like, if I baptize people, which I actually never baptize other people, but if I baptize <laughs> other people, I will probably ask, uh, this I learned from another preacher, that um, what in your life, what, what are the specific sins that you think you sin against God, that, that you decide that you will turn away from those sins? Um, you know, because really someone can, uh, like the doctrines or the Bible scriptures you read to them, they like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, because that's the word from the Bible. But maybe personally, they don't really know, like, oh, I'm, I'm a really, a, you know, a big sinner, like I have this, this, that, that, and I really fed off my sin and I want to repent, mm-hmm. you know, so that's different. And and then repent because repent means turn away from your previous behavior, your previous lifestyle. So so they have the intent to repent, and you do can see some fruit from that repentance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, turning away from those old yeah. sins. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've known. You you can kind of see this, and and when people really um, when you're you're sitting with them and studying with them or those things and there's just uh some something maybe they did regularly before mm-hmm. and but there's a real like kind of when they talk about it they're they're wanting to leave it behind and you can see them really making signs of of like progress and letting being able to let go of this sin yeah um i think that's kind of like you can begin to really take a look and and show like a measurable change mm-hmm. in um someone's repentance Mm-hmm. in their heart mm-hmm. because in first uh, John 1 8 and also 1 8 and 1 10 actually I'll talk about if we say we 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 don't have sin we mm-hmm. not sin against God then you lie 
Mm. Right? Um, so it's the, it's, the, it's the willingness to use God's standard as the standard to judge what is righteousness and what is sin. Um, so as, to me, like one of the signs to, to tell like that person might not be born again, I think is to um, sometimes we, we, like people joke about sin, right? And then sometimes say, um, like, like, like feel like some more acceptable sin is, is okay. Well, it's, it's not, it's, it's not so bad, especially something more socially acceptable. Um, I, I feel like I would have a red flag there. And, but then all, all of those uh, observations for me is to, um, uh, how do I say, all, all those, the result of the ob observation is to offer our um, help um, uh, to, how do I say, offer, offer our help to, this, to that stage. Um, and then, I mean, baptism is definitely one. Um, but people can be born again before baptism. And I actually, I was born again before baptism. Um, and then it also talked about accept, accept the Holy Spirit by uh, the laying of hands. Um, so from here, you can, you can kind of see like, okay, so to help some, help a seeker to reach this stage, like what, what you need to do, like, um, uh, you know, sometimes it's like really many personal meetings and cause, cause how can someone understand God's existence? Uh, maybe you can introduce some um, some talks, some material, and some discussion with that person. Uh, I mean, the, the the main thing is that there is um, how to say there's nothing to say like hey, definitely five meetings, ten meetings, and and after you study this material, it's it's about you see the result. Like like that person oh can have the conviction of that and can have the conviction of God's standard uh, for sin. And then you can move on. So I have uh, uh, sometimes help help some seekers maybe you know study almost through almost through maybe one third of the New Testament before they are really converted. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's hard to it's hard to say. Now uh, how do we so so now we kind of described uh, new Christians and then the next stage is basic disciples. So. So, yeah. uh, what, so what do you think? How, how do you describe a basic disciple? So um, something we've been trained with, uh, the wheel illustration. And I think this is a great, um, simple drawing that really encompasses a lot of the main uh, kind of commandments in Scripture for what we should do as believers in God, as followers of Jesus. Um, so the wheel is a wheel like it sounds like, and it's a basically rolling a Christian that's moving through the Christian life, that's moving forward in the Christian life. And that's why it's a wheel, that, that rolling. Um, there's a center, middle, a kind of a hubcap, and then you have the spokes of the wheel, and there's four spokes, one going two vertical, two horizontal, and then you have the outside rim. Now, the, the middle is um, Christ the center, and so that's, we want to, in a basic disciple and as we're going on, we want to build into uh, how can someone make Jesus the center of their life? 
Uh, we also, the, then you get into the spokes, and the spokes are more of kind of this practical thing, like on the wheel, those are the things that are really doing a lot of the work. And so these spokes are, the uh, vertical ones are towards God. The horizontal ones are more towards other people. So on the, the vertical ones, you have uh, the word and you have prayer. And so people, we want people to be deepening their lives, um, both in God's word, because as 2 Timothy 3.16 says, um, the word is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So we want people to be in kind of Christ's school of the word and being trained and taught and formed into a disciple of Jesus. See, righteousness can be trained. Mm, yeah, some, some... some place translates to be like holiness. Mm. Training in holiness. Holiness, righteousness, they can be trained. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So, And you're trained in that through what? Through the word. It says the word is capable, able to, because it's breathed out by God. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. Um, then you have prayer, and prayer is obviously important one of the things we see that was like the power of jesus in a lot of ways when he was on the earth is that he would go off and he would pray to the father and it was one of the noticeable things about him because one of the few uh, times we have his disciples asking to learn something directly from him it was about prayer and he gave them a format you know in the lord's prayer that um that is one of the things that almost every christian I've talked to has memorized because it is such a central teaching um, in the Gospels. And then on the horizontal side, you have fellowship and you have evangelism or witnessing. And so those are big things to build people's relationship with other Christians and people's relationship with the world and helping others to know Jesus. And so those are both areas where, you know, we're called. Jesus called his disciples in the first place and said, follow me and I will make you you know, transform you into fishers of men. So that that's a, a short description of a disciple, actually, is being a fisher of men, being someone who can fish for men, someone who's who draws people and is able to speak to people, speak out the gospel and those things. And then the outside, you have obedience to Christ, is that last piece. So actually, not just kind of a head knowledge thing, and this is something we, we continually have to kind of make sure that we point out to people um, because a lot of times people will see this and say like oh you have this format these things it's head knowledge and no actually there has to be this obedience it has to be worked into obedience it can't just be head like knowledge. where is love where mm. do you put your uh bible study on love mm -hmm. right yeah exactly where, where do you put these how do you like we had talked about earlier how do you build these abstract things and part of it is really you do the the discipline training and it, it begins to be formed because we're we're transforming ourselves from the inside out and and from outside in in a lot mm -hmm. of ways also. Yeah. And really how how love expressed when we discussed that before, just like if if for you, if you just tell me, Hey Anne, I love you, it's okay. Um, how about those dishes still, you know, how about um, have you fixed the, the backyard, something, mm -hmm. you know, it's more like, um, and, and then it's like if someone say they love you, but they actually never really spend time time with you, never really write to you and never have any part to really express that, it's, it's, especially if someone expresses their love, um, like, 
uh, fatally and also sacrificially. I mean, that's the biggest loss. Mm. Especially it it also their help like transforms you.、Mm. You know, and then that's actually the love in those discipleship relationship.、Mm. Because think about the time you spend on that person. Like you, um, you usually it's a weekly meeting, weekly meeting, and then on other time you think about that person because oftentimes people get stuck, and then sometimes their situation is more complicated than you think. So you need to pray and think, pray and think,、mm. and then try some new ways even.、Mm. And then the time you pray for that person, you email that person, and oftentimes I, I, some sometimes I urge people to, as、uh, sometimes I will let people like, hey, remember to keep those emails because all those emails, the emails of love, because you you really you bring someone to maturity, it at least is thousands of. Emails there, so and then also it's a good model for them to to recall back to like when they help others they know how to answer something. So so basically like a basic disciple is more like someone who begin to want to live a Christ centered life, because see this feature is not really in the new Christians,、um, but then when when they when they have that foundation of salvation when when they When they really, really understand that、um, Jesus saved them from their sin, and and they want to live a new life, so like, what does this new life look like? That's the thing, like Christ-centered life. But then Christ-centered life, like what Tim said, Christ is the center, not yourself anymore. But then it needs to express through、um, your your discipline of your time spent on prayer and your, the word. And also the discipline to spend regular time with people, with Christians who can stir you up and challenge you to grow. You know,、uh, oftentimes we can be in a group, but then or in a church on a group, but then are there people challenge you to grow and or you challenge them like you stir each other up. You know, and because that's what the the key verse of of that. Fellowship spoke talk about.、Um, we will post a link of、um, this tool so people can see more clearly by themselves. Because、mm. um, you have to like kind of visualize it、mm. first.、Mm. So so that's kind of the 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 beginning of you can begin to live a Christ-centered, obedient life、um, through those tangible things that you have a start and and then you will move、uh, forward. Yeah. So. I think we covered everything.、Mm-hmm. This is what we、uh, want to share, and it's、uh, pretty late at night.、Uh, I had a today. I had a whole day of、uh, cleaning and cooking and、uh, studying, and also plus I'm still in、uh, my grief.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I lost my dad, and、mm-hmm. uh, I'm still in my grief. And、mm-hmm. yeah, both grieving. Yeah. What、mm-hmm. did you do today? Yeah, just a later day at work. So yeah, got off later than usual today at work. So definitely tired at the end of the day, but glad I got to spend time with、uh, some of the listeners. And and you uh well, and then you you work last night. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's、yeah. a it's a it's、That's、a、right. it's a night shift and then continue to work and then get off work and then 
did some housework, and then we had dinner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then now Fixed, we uh, recording that in the garden. So mm -hmm. remember to subscribe and comment down below. Thank you.